0: Welcome, I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And tonight, on my 32nd episode, I have Bomber superfan, Mr. L. Tony Tones, Tony Carvalho. How's it going, brother? Hey, brother. How's it going? Good to see you. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely! Thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, man. I'm looking forward to tonight. Let's let's get it rolling. So, man, let's cover. You know, most recent. Tell me, fourth quarter. If things are looking grim, man, we're down. You know, not much time left on the clock. What was it like in the stands? And did you remain calm? How How were you feeling?
1: It was one of those things that the people behind me were. They were on me. They're on me and Bucky all game, giving us flat. It was weird because Harris is running, you know, those five yarders and they're giving us, oh, it's another five yards. It's like, we'll take that, we'll take that all game, bro. Don't worry. We'll take that all game. It's one of those things, they're giving us just so much gears and you know, fourth quarter came along and they're just, oh, you guys are losing. What's going on? And it's like we're a fourth quarter team. We don't give up touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I'm like, good luck, you're gonna get threes. If you're gonna get three. is that about like you know, ten twenty-two. I think it was in the. They got the ball. It's like we gotta make a push. We have to score a touchdown here. Like if we yeah. don't score a touchdown here,
2: yeah, it's looking. I, rough.
1: Don't, I don't think we're winning this game, brother. Yeah. So we ended up coming down and scoring a touchdown. So it's exactly what we needed at the time, and we got the the three and out. Next time you came down the field, kicked the field goal, mm-hmm. and like right behind us, zip. <laughs> I was feeling pretty confident when Hamilton's offense was on. We were the only ones getting up, cheering, being loud, you know, trying to cause a little bit of a distraction. Mm-hmm. But when the bombers were up, you know what I mean? We we're doing our same thing. You know, that's another Winnipeg first down, yeah. you know, just throwing confidence at them. And uh, we were giving, you know, we we're doing the high fives. And we had our other buddy Don, the sign guy, one row down and a few seats over. So we were doing like the air high fives, getting mm-hmm. those on on point but that last drive on hamilton started coming down the field i was just like they're gonna lose the game we can't be letting them come down the field like this diage nichols tip i believe uh that was second down forcing the kick like that i thought from our angle i was mm-hmm. just like i thought they were gonna quench it with the touchdown yeah. and just solid defense putting that game into overtime it, it was nerve-wracking, but it's one of those things that we're a fourth-quarter team and we don't give four points up in the fourth quarter. So yeah. as soon as we started coming back, it was nice that we had that extra point. When they kicked that field goal, it managed to tie the game instead of yeah. win them the game.
0: Right. You know what was a weird moment? When their kick returner took a knee on that yeah, last I, one. That, that, that baffled oh, yeah. me. Like,
1: like, we straight up got up and threw up the one. Yeah. I understand why you would do it. Because you want the better field yeah. position, then you have to come down the field, score.
0: They were good on that drive. Yeah, I get it. They started with a little bit better field position. But in reality, that was a pretty good drive. I think that was a huge mistake on their part and probably cost them the game in the end. The game goes to overtime. Bombers pull out another another great cup victory. Like, What was that experience like? And for you, for a guy that's you know a hardcore Bomber fan, was yeah. that experience of the overtime victory more epic than the 2019 Grey Cup?
1: The overtime is one of those things. As soon as we got the toss, I knew we were going to win the game. Uh, the whole, With the whole like win at overtime, it, we saw it go through DeAndre Nichols' hands, and then I thought Acklin's caught it, and then I see everybody running off the field, and it's like, what just happened? It was like, oh, Whoa. shit, man. We won the Grey Cup. And then it was just like, and then we saw the replay, and then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it took a second to kind of like sink in. Yeah. Because we didn't exactly see what happened, Mm -hmm. so but it's one of those things. Like 2019 was a little bit more special because like the drought that year, I felt it was a little bit uh, more special with the the jersey that I had that year. It's it's hard to compare the two. It's like a one A one B. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of tears shed in 2019 just in pure elated happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, Is one of those things like I don't think I cried once at Hamilton but was I happy like hell yeah like yeah. It's, like I said it's probably one of the best nights of my life again
0: take me through that part so what happens after the game Are are you on the field after the game
1: well, obviously cuz covid protocols are not letting oh, yeah, uh, right. you know too many fans uh, obviously interact with players and whatnot but Mm -hmm. you know your boys got a couple special connections a few uh personal invites security that we're in good with another was carol obviously our uh, bomber liaison and another was willie actually when we uh kind of rolled up at the the after party so we get out of the uber and he's standing there and he's talking to Kyrie wilson they're just kind of you know standing at the in the lobby of the hotel and he's got my belt on the on his shoulder because right at the end he's one of the last players coming by and slapping on the fans hands and i put the belt out for him to you know have a little bit of fun with again and he <laughs> scooped it up and but he's there standing at the entrance there and i just came up got all the uber and just full-on hockey body check like <laughs> jumping celly <laughs> against the glass yeah he's like kind of like who's this crazy ass dude jumping against glass and he he's like Oh, realizes me, comes running to the lobby, and this dude picked me up like I was literally 10 freaking pounds and like just right dunked around and gave me the biggest hug. He's like, Yeah, we the champs, bro. We the champs. That's awesome. It was one of the best, best feelings ever. Like, you know what I mean? To know that a player of his caliber appreciates you yeah. and appreciates uh, the love and support, you know what I mean, that you uh, give to them. It's awesome. It's awesome. Absolutely. Like, just give me your money. Yeah. Just give me a old
0: bear It's awesome. <laughs> That's unreal, man. So, you know, obviously I've seen on your social media you have a lot of photos of some of the local guys here, right? I've uh, sorta of got relationships with some of them. Nick Dembski just grew up down the street from me. I was able to coach Andrew Harris kinda at his tail end when he was at Oak Park just for a little brief period. So and then obviously I, I work with him now at Pro Prep Academy. And then, uh and Brady, I was never able to coach him, but uh I was coaching at Oak Park on the JV staff when he was playing varsity. So I was a, we were on the same field. I got to see him and, and really watch him that his senior year. So it, it's neat to see you uh having photos with them and like with Coach O'Shea. So I'm kind of wondering, like through those experiences, have you kind of been able to, you know, develop a little bit more personal relationships? I know obviously with Willie Jefferson, you kind of got something going.
1: Actually, in reality, I know kind of that knowing those guys in the long run to knowing you okay, uh, because you, okay. you ended up introducing me to Brad black okay. through uh, okay. Brad black. He was playing on one of our touch football teams back in the day. Uh-huh. He brought out Nick Dembski one one season yeah. and he's like, Oh, dude, man, you gotta see this kid. He's so fast. He's so fast. He's so, <laughs> so sick. He's So fast. He's sick, man. He's going to the pros, man. He's so good. I'm like, is he faster than you, Brad? I'm like, no, nah, man, nobody's faster than me, man. Come on. Let's go. Right now. Let's race. Like he's like, I'll give you you 15 yards, Tones. Let's go right now, you know. I used to be fast back in my day, too. And yeah, so uh, yeah, he brought Demsky out and like, first play kid took it to the house. I was like, Damn, bro, where'd you get this kid? Having him out, like, seeing the glimpses of what he will be Mm -hmm. later on in life. He's actually at my Christmas party. Yeah, I I believe he's dating a, a girl that works in the office where I used to work, and it's like. Kevin's of like look over looks at me i look at him he's like he points at me I pointed at him he's mm-hmm. like bro he's like bro sat down shot shot the shit for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. you know talked about cup you know talked about the you know a little bit of the old uh pit days and stuff like that so it was uh it's pretty cool you know having dudes like that can remember who you are and stuff like that <laughs> and then uh, Brady I end up having kind of well, not really known crazy personally, but he pulled me up on the the parade in two
2: thousand
1: nineteen. Yeah. I've and seen that photo. and like that was probably like like that's why 19's a little bit more special. Like okay. he just like the whole ending of the drought thing, like being like the only fan besides like dancing game, like to be like on the actual parade, like isn't a truck with him, Craig Rowe, Big Hill, Big Hill had me on his Instagram. Like nice. and for me, like, I'm just a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I dress up like, you know, I do my crazy thing. You know, I, I you know, give him a little bit of shit beyond the bench in 107. <laughs> but, like, to me, I'm like, you know, I'm just a fan. And, like, for the whole time, like, you know, shooting the shit with Brady and t- stuff like that, talking about, like, you know, the old park days and, like, mm-hmm. like, how he's, how, like, him, Dembski, and Harris are, like, a shining example of, like, you can make it yeah. playing ball from Thank here. You. Like, you can be a big star. You know, we've seen each other at the dog park a few times uh, here and there. Um, all throughout the season, he would be starting. I'd send him, you know, hey, bro, show much you can do. You know, like, I wouldn't say good luck, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm just showing some love and stuff like that. So I'm actually wearing his jersey. He signed it for me. You know, for somebody to do that for me, that was a special thing for him to pull me up and stuff like that. He didn't mm-hmm. have to do that. Yeah. He's a cool guy, very humble. Like, you know what I mean? And, and the dude is going to be the next big thing. Oh, yeah. He was bred to be Harris's replacement. Absolutely. And, I like, I can't wait. And, you know what I mean? It's going to be Harris 2.0.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited, too. One last thing before we end the first quarter here. I need to know the story about Willie Jefferson taking your, your belt that's in the back here. Uh, there was a story that he had your belt after the Great Cup in 2019. Uh, what, what happened there?
1: Okay, so what happened, like, 2019, a few few stories got blown out of proportion by Global. I wasn't too, too pleased about that. But straight up, like <laughs> we're at the great Cup the 19. I managed to sneak down because a couple of Hamilton fans that were in our section already bounced out. So I managed to sneak down to the front row
2: Yeah.
1: or whatever. And, you know, he's kind of walk, walking by. and He's like, yo, yo, Willie! And he looked right at me, and I popped the bell. At him. I was like, come here, come here. Hey, bro, like, brought this out for our city, man. Like, we need this. And he's like, he's like, don't worry, bro, I got you, I got you. And I'm like, just give back to me after. Like, honestly, I expected him you know, just prayed around a little bit, you know, a little bit silly, and then come back after and be like, hey, bro, that was fun. He just did this thing. His dad ended up having it after. His dad's like, don't worry, my son's got you, bro. You know, I'm going to take, he's going to, he's taking great care of it. So we ended up, uh, I ended up leaving, hitting my number with his wife. Uh, holly Mm -hmm. and she ended up calling me uh gray cup night and she's like don't worry he you know he's taking great care of it he's having time of his life with it right now and like and i was like okay i'm like just don't leave like take it back to winnipeg like just don't leave it in calgary but that's the thing it's like i am inebriated beyond (laughs) belief at like this point so like (laughs) i'm sure i just sounded like a drunk fool though Oh, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, don't leave it in Calgary, got you, yeah, yeah, and she was like, you know, trying to get, yeah, okay, got you, don't leave it here, okay, I've probably said it like, a bunch of times, whatever, and then, yeah, so then that's where it kind of ended, but it was like, there's no, uh, there's no, hey, when am I gonna kind of get, get it back,
0: this back thing,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's just don't leave it in calgary but but there's always that understanding of like don't worry i got you mm-hmm. but like i didn't expect him to be like in the parade with and stuff like that. <laughs> that was some of the coolest shit that i've ever seen yeah, and like really. to see all the pictures after yeah. from like the locker room and to me like that's just like mind-blowing like fangirling out hard yeah and stuff like that and yeah and it's like one of those things right after the parade because i was got pulled into the parade. He saw me, came and gave me a big hug. And he's like, yeah, bro, here you go. And it's just kind of one of those things. And then, yeah, same thing this year. He's one of the last guys. He came by and held it out for him.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, he just, one hand with the high five, the other hand, scoops it out. And then right away, he's like, you can just see the, the just the adulation yeah. and the happiness in his face, like yeah, like, <laughs> and then he just like right away turns around and bam, up for everybody, yeah, like you know what I mean. Just just starts whining up, walks by, gives me one of these, and and it's like, Mister Jefferson, have at her. Got it back right in the, after the sell. like let the boys have some fun with it. Like, it's one of those things. It's just it's an experience, and like that thing is. Like, it's fun. It's fun to take it out. It's, it's a pain in the ass to carry it around. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're not in, like doing photo ops or, or, like, taunting people with it, right. it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> or whatever. But it's, it's fun when you win a great cup. I'll tell you that much.
0: Back at it with second quarter action with L. Tony Tones, Tony Carvalho. Tony. Take me back to a kid. Where where did your love for the Bombers and the CFL come from?
1: Well, my first recollections of the Bombers are obviously, uh, you know, the few games that they used to be on CBC back in the day. I used to live right by the old stadium on Valor and Ellis. Mm-hmm. So uh, back in the day, you used to have the Happy Honker. So, like, and in, in the 80s, the Bombers were good. Like, obviously, right. you have the championships, I believe, 84, 86.
0: Yeah, and then 90. Or-
1: so it was a very vibrant time on Friday and Saturday nights, you know, in the West End of Winnipeg. So that's, you know, I remember like, you know, you knew when they won. It was, And they won all the time. So it was yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? Then we traded for Dunn again. Pretty good team back in the day. Yeah. You know, we had uh, Chris Walby, Miles Gurrell, you know, a few of those big bad boys. You know, So those are yeah. my first early memories of watching them on TV. You know, obviously seeing, uh, seeing them win a couple of great cups on TV. Honestly, I don't really remember when what the first game I went to was, it was probably mm. as a teenager rival year is probably something I don't really want to admit that I went to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh that's kind of like the first early recollections you know great cup uh ninety one when it was in the pay was like yeah. super super big because I believe we were in the East at the time, but Toronto mm-hmm. had that super team they did yeah, they had Ishmael Clemens
0: they had done again that year
1: yeah they were a powerhouse and they ended up taking out the bombers that year i remember you know watching that on tv and then me and my friend going out and you know minus 25 in the snow and i'm i'm rocking ishmael and he's like no no i'm rocking ishmael it's like you're I it's like no no i'm rocking ishmael I'm faster than you yeah. and you know going out and playing football on the streets and you know, throwing each other touchdown passes and when uh that year that they, I believe they beat Calgary. So Yeah, uh, no,
0: I, I have similar kind of recollection. So I also kinda of grew up in in the West End uh early on in my life. My dad took me to bomber games and stuff pretty early on. So I, I can recall that kind of that West End atmosphere and when the you know, just the neighborhoods packed with cars, everybody's parking on the side streets, everybody's happy and walk into their cars after the game. It's just a a lot of fun memories. Uh, that nine, the '90 season sticks out to me. Obviously, when we won the Grey Cup, I was just a young kid, and that kind of actually probably sparked my interest for football. And then '91, like you said, when we had the Grey Cup here um, in that game, Toronto and Calgary, we had a, a family friend, Mark McLaughlin, the kicker for Calgary. It was one of my dad's best friends. It was his nephew, so uh, we were, you know, cheering for Mark and that kind of thing. So it, it was kind of neat. And, and like you said, that year '91 with uh, Rocket Ishmael, there was lots of CFL, you know, it was hype that year. I remember I had the whole uh, I can't remember what the brand was what it was for the, for the player's card. But uh, I remember I had the whole set of that year. And, and the whole thing with that set was that I think there was like a bunch of different rocket Ishmael cards that you could get. And I, and I ended up getting them all and whatever. So I just remember that as a young kid being pretty cool and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we obviously, after that point go through a, a very long drought of, of you know we had we had some up and down years where where things were pretty good but for the most part it was pretty bad for a long time you know how did you stay loyal to the program and and you know talk about the revolving door at quarterback and some of the qbs you remember
1: some of my earliest like troy cough garbage yeah tj TJ Rugley. i remember like kevin mcdougall was like kind of yeah yeah but it's like now that i'm have as much knowledge about the game that I have now. It comes down to bad management, bad coaching at the time. Like, like, why did we make Ryan a head coach back in the day? Mm-hmm. He is still, what, 20-something years later, a special teams coach and clearly yeah. from a great cup win, not a very good one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Getting guys taking knees, stupid. True. Um, but yeah, like guys like him. The latter years after I became a, a season ticket holder, like Brian Brom, mm-hmm. oh god, Stefan LaFleur, Stephen
0: LaFleur was awful.
1: Joey Elliott. Uh, I remember there's a lot of hype around Robert Marv, and they ended up yeah. tearing out his knee again. Right. And uh, while he's here. It was one of those things, like, we had a, a few glimmers of hope where, you know, we had Kahari, we yeah. had the Kahari and Milt years, and we have, you know, the 2006-2007 era with uh, Kevin, Kevin Glenn.
0: Glenn. We win the Grey Cup if he doesn't break his arm. I still say it to this we, day, bro. We, we do, we do, we definitely do, because remember how that game went? That's That Grey Cup was awful.
1: Four interceptions by Dinwiddie, I yeah. believe it was. yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, and he pretty much sent a guy to the NFL. Is that dude had what two, three picks he did, on him? Yeah, he obviously didn't when he goes in that pile too. Yeah. Appreciate that, you know. He's a a coach now and whatnot, but it's kind of yeah, kind of makes you because you ain't you ain't shit as a quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we went through a lot of guys in that time, and you're just being honest. It is what it is.
1: There's a, gl- a little bit of a glimmer of hope when we got Buck Pierce. Yeah. After that. But Obviously, he was, you know, towards the end of his career, and very injury prone. Mm-hmm. So it was a very risky gamble when we went with him. And then, obviously, we go through a new drought. Um, honestly, we got Drew really, and that year I wanted Zach Caleros. He was working guys mm-hmm. in Toronto. That year, I believe, uh, Ricky Ray got hurt. So he was working guys in Toronto. I still remember the juke he put on Big Hill. You know, obviously, Matt Nichols was a little bit of our turning point mm-hmm. after... You know, our brief uh, five games of Willie Pegg. I knew that we were never going to win a great cup with Matt Nichols as a quarterback. We didn't win a great cup with Matt Nichols as a quarterback. Right. And we ended up getting the guy that I wanted all along.
0: You're right, buddy. Caleros has been great since we had him. I think COVID year off, I think probably helped him because obviously coming off the concussions and the head injuries, probably a year off of football was probably helped.
1: You got to think, geez he pretty much had... The entire 2019 season off, too. Yeah. Because he got hurt week one, and mm-hmm. he didn't play again until, what was that, week 20? Mm-hmm. That final week, uh, that game against Calgary? So he had a long time to heal at that, but obviously the COVID year off.
0: Yeah, just on top of that?
1: But Because this is the first year that he's gone wired, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, I believe you're
0: right. How long have you been a season ticket holder of the Bombers?
1: Officially, I believe since 2009, unofficially since 2008, okay. because that that year I pretty much bought tickets to every, every single game. game and I went to every single game because so I, I believe 2008 was uh, the Stiegel record-breaking year. So mm-hmm. it was like every single game, constant for maybe missing one or two games, those two seasons, but it was officially 2009.
0: We have an interesting connection, a player that I got to coach, excellent receiver, Jake Roger, who uh, plays for the Winnipeg Rifles, hit uh, both his parents. I know sit in your section, and you kind of know them a little bit. They uh, they wanted me to to ask you about the section and whatnot. So speak about the atmosphere there and kind of the people that you know from the years of being there.
1: Well, we sit in uh, section one hundred and seven, and officially, this is my first. This was just my first year sitting in there. Okay, kind of in a, a wandering nomad and <laughs> uh, spend a couple. Si- couple of years in uh, different sections and the end of the 2019 section uh, season, I ended up splitting off from the group that I was in just personal differences. So I ended up moving in with uh, Tyler and Bucky into one Oh seven okay. and kind of floated around for that, you know, the remaining uh, games in that section. And then obviously officially we were supposed to be in there in 2020 okay. that that, year got cancelled, so now this year, I was actually supposed to be sitting right next to the Rodgers. Okay. And then we have another fellow uh, that's in our group, Burke and Eric, sit next to, we're supposed to sit next to me. And then we would have Tyler and Bucky in the front. So Tyler chose to sit up the season due to COVID reasons, Mm. personal choices person that's fine so i ended up moving down to the front row so now i sit in front of the rogers burke moved over one seat so they sit beside the rogers and they are wonderful people you know they put up with their shit they put up with their heckling and <laughs> our uh and our and our nonsense and actually me and kathy have our own special handshake like Ooh. like the players do and all that yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that like Every everybody else gets high fives. One guy gets like the NWO too sweet or whatever. It's kind of our thing. Mm-hmm. But she's the only one that gets a special handshake, and I I give her that because she puts up with a lot of nonsense from me. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Uh, in the front, and then he has she has Eric and Berkey behind us, and then I think she has Todd Wilson behind her. So God bless her heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's right in a very loud male dominated section where we are very vocal fans and we get on the players
0: tell we about becoming a super fan like how how did that happen uh where did you first start wearing the mask how did that all transpire
1: yeah it kind of was one of those things that I always want to like I was kind of doing like the whole like hillbilly kind of thing unbanjable kind of you yeah. know with getting with the getting with the atmosphere when you' are just like oh, i gotta do something different and i just was looking on Kijiji and I ended up finding one of those like Mexico special blue bomber masks. I was like, Oh, Hey, I'll wear this. And, uh, yeah. So the first official picture is actually on our friend Mary's wedding where yeah. I took a, <laughs> took a picture of that in a tuxedo because I thought it looked awesome. And uh, but then I ended up going, uh, the next day to the Vangible with Jody
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I wore the mask, a no steel jersey and probably some khaki shorts. Oh, terrible. But Hey, <laughs> I might I might have did a blanket cake too Like go, if, just compared to how the evolution of how far I came and mm-hmm. what I've done and what I do know but that was the first kind of 2012 I believe it was so that was the first time I ever kind of did it and then I did it again for the home opener mm-hmm. in 2013 at IG Field I did it for the Banjable again because okay. we were terrible that year mm-hmm. and those are the two times I did that year and then same thing I would do it for the home opener. Banjo bowl. I think 2015 we made the playoffs. Got eliminated by Edmonton. Probably did that in two. 2016. I think I added uh the first version of my blue bomber belt. It's kind of like a it was a costume version. Valley Village. Kind of the WCW belt is like literally an elastic band and a piece of vinyl is pure it's terrible. Uh <laughs> W blue bomber sticker on it, like a couple blue bomber stickers on the side. Like, yeah. but, like, I'm ashamed. I would be ashamed of myself. <laughs> and I would laugh at myself if I but hey, I got a bunch of high fives. Hey, can I take your picture? Like, I'm gonna get a picture with you. And like now that I looked back, it's just like, oh god, you look terrible. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, why do you have your socks pulled in, pulled over your zubas? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah just terrible and yeah so kind of did that for a couple couple years um rocked that belt up found a better fathead sticker to put on it um and then that thing started falling apart but i officially started going like hardcore super fan it was right about uh, the banjo bowl 2018 i I dressed up i think we lost that year Mm -hmm. because willie jefferson had a I think two interceptions, one he took back to the house. Like he just owned oh, Matt Nichols that game. I ended up doing it for that. It was because it's the same thing. It would be the home opener, Bangible. And then we played Saskatchewan again. Mm-hmm. Weeks later, did it again and we won. I was like, oh, hey, right on. And then it's like, okay, something, you know. And then playoffs came, made the playoffs. And I was like, all right. We made the trip to Regina. But yeah, right around 2018, I when I made that belt. A little bit better Uh, got some vinyl or leather put some cardboard on it actually turned it into an actual belt kind of looking thing but once again started falling apart after a while and whatnot so after the 2018 playoff run because we did Saskatchewan we went to Calgary Mm lost in Calgary and is kind of I was saying something was, something's kind of rolling there. So I just kind of continued on 2019. Then middle of 2019, I ended up buying that bad boy. It was just feeling the vibe. And I kind of wanted to set myself apart from uh, just few other guys that do the Mexican wrestler thing. So yeah. it's kind of, you know what I mean? You can either be, you know, a Mexican wrestler, you can be the champ.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I'm an artsy, I'm an artsy guy, so I can kind of get behind making the costume and the evolution of it. Sounds pretty fun, pretty cool to be able to look back and and very cool. That... It,
1: it's so fun doing that Bonner games and just yeah. every, like just like it's funny because I probably took minus the Great Cup this year, maybe 15 pic- pictures all season. Where I actually took out my phone and it's like, hey, let's get some pictures, and mm-hmm. ten of them were from Banjul. Like I. I barely pulled out my phone this year, asked me how many pictures I took, you probably like 10, 15, 20 sometimes like Angelo is right, left and center. Hey, can we get your picture? Can you get your picture? Because right. they, they love what me and Bucky do mm-hmm. and the whole, whole wrestler gimmick that we do, so, um, tons of pictures and stuff like that. So that's always lots of fun and pretty exciting.
0: In 2019, you, know, you're, you had a friend that passed away, you kind of honored him by wearing his jersey. Can you tell me about your friend and kind of what it means to you to rock that jersey and, and honor your honor your buddy?
1: My buddy that passed away, uh, his name was uh, Donovan Williams. His nickname was Hightower, Big Eagle fan, huge Bomber fan, and like straight up the first dude that ever asked me to take a picture as L Tony Tones. Okay. 2016 Banjo Bowl. I look like poop, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like my costume was wasn't as elevated as it was getting, and it's one of those things. Nothing but love. Oh, I love it, Tony. I love the outfit. I love the enthusiasm. Like, like you know, we actually seen each other the week before at the Labor Day Classics that went there too. Mm-hmm. And so he was one of the guys that first gave me tons of love and tons of respect. But he ended up uh, passing away. Mm-hmm. And I was like one of the last guys that I had seen him because I was helping him move. And he ended up having a heart attack mm-hmm. uh, just shortly after. And finished moving and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So it was kind of... Uh, One of those things, I took it pretty damn hard, uh, like pretty damn hard. And the fact that I'm still here today is a testament on how much my dog has been there to support me and how much my love for the Bombers just kind of pulled me out of the bad spot. And again, a tribute jersey um, made for him in 2019 because I kind of got the idea from PCL because they... Uh, it was the same year that the Eagles had won the Super Bowl. So they got him an Eagles jersey representing like his number and Hightower on the back, and everybody signed it. That it, <clears throat> worked there, and just super cool gesture. And so it was just one of those things that, because, you know, it's bearing a little bit of uh, grief from the situation, you know, whether it's warranted or not. You know, it's kind of one of those things it took at the time. It was what it was. So I ended up getting the the jersey made because he was a huge Bomber fan like me, mm-hmm. and he was actually going to get season tickets with me yeah. that year before he he passed away. We we're uh, like the the plan was to move in closer with uh, Bucky and uh, Tyler, the, the stack that we're doing now. We're yeah. a little bit closer now. We kind of think, kind of like, kind of doing the whole stack thing. I ended up getting the jersey made, and it was a funny thing. His sister ended up doing the same exact same thing at the same exact time. Like, we literally got our jerseys within days of each other. And, like, I I texted a picture. I sent her, and she's like, she's like, is that my jersey? I'm like, I'm like, no, it's my jersey. She's like, she's like, and she's like, Tony, I did the same thing. I was like, wow. I'm like, that's crazy. So, like, yeah, like, the whole that's why like nineteen's nineteen was just a little bit special. Yeah. You know I mean? uh, the whole getting the jersey us, both of us getting jerseys made. Mm-hmm. Um every single game I would go I go like I still go every single game. Because his mom and and sister are both and his nephews are season ticket holders. So every single game I go and I say hi to them. Yeah. Every single game before the game. Always mm-hmm. going and get my all that stuff, shoot the shit, buy each other drinks, all that. We have a great time. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so we still uh, do that to this day, and that's uh, yeah, just one of those things.
0: Appreciate you uh, talking about it. It's awesome to honor your buddy, and yeah, I know it's tough and you know it gets emotional to kind of relive those moments uh, and kind of talk about that. But uh, but the audience loves it, so I appreciate it, man. Back at it with third quarter action with Coach Geez and Tony Carvalho. So tones. Back in the day I, I can think about playing high school football and going through the, the whole rookie hazing, you know, team uh team acceptance or whatever you want to call that kind of stuff. It was, you know, I went to high school around the same time as you. I think I think we're a year age different. So, you know, around the same time frame and there were things were just different then, right? Like you kind of just it was it was it was part of it was part of football, it was part of sports of of kind of going through that experience. Uh, later on obviously it's been removed from sports or at least it's supposed to be and you know it's not accepted anymore. So, you know, you kinda have a funny story about uh, you know, maybe not so funny for you, but and in the moment, but funny to talk about today. Uh about kind of going through some stuff when you were playing at Tech Voc and and kind of a conversation your mom had with uh, current Winnipeg Rifles head coach Jordy Wilson. So I'd like for you to tell me that story.
1: So my football experience I started playing uh football grade ten. Tech Mm -hmm. so pretty much the entire first season i just kind of bounced around from position to position because i first oh you're portuguese you're short you're fast okay that that currently they they had david pereira was their current running back so it's like oh another portuguese kid (laughs)
2: let's
1: throw him in there and it's like yeah sure and uh, it was just I was, I was just pickings. I was just pickings for them. Regardless of how fast I was, I was just pickings. I didn't know how to hit a hole. I didn't know what what to look like. You know what I mean? You just yeah. can't throw a kid in running back <laughs> in grade ten. Like, you know what I mean? You gotta breed that. You gotta breed those kids. Yeah, so after yeah, so pretty much for each red share grade ten. So then uh grade eleven they decide to do uh first game, they decided to do rookie initiations. Mm-hmm. And because I played the year before, and I was a starter that year, like oh, I'm all, you like all, it was like one of those things. All the starters were shaving their heads. Like it, the rookies, like the pure rookies, got like terrible haircuts.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, I got a I got a Mister T haircut, like you know mohawk, came down the sides across the back. It's actually not too bad. Okay. You know, it was remember I got got the Friar talk at the
0: bisons. I remember that one.
1: Yeah, so I got one of those. And um so unfortunately in that first game I also rolled my ankle. I think I had like a third degree sprain, something like that. Like Mm -hmm. I remember I still remember to this day, the doctor saying to me, it would have been better if you broke your ankle. Yeah. Because it's like you're like your season's done. Like you're you're gonna be on crutches for the next six weeks to two months. Like you're you're done. Yeah. So that pretty much ended my season there. So the nice thing about it was like I'm like they actually like just shaved my head bald right, right after. So I didn't have to go home like that. But I ended up uh, getting driven home by one of the players, Miles Delbush, that year as a DB. So he's like our DB captain. So you know he's a great guy. He took care of me all the time. Looked out for me, you know what I mean. When a couple of the bigger linemen, you know, trying to pick on, trying to pick on the little fast DB, you know what I mean. Like you said, it's a different day back then. Yeah. You you were uh, you were hard on the people that you didn't really like on the team to see if they were going to stick up stick with the team. Right. And you know what I mean, because it's like you go, oh, you know, you got no experience. You just fast. Like see how much you want, see how much you like football. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. So many guys would drop out practice after practice after practice. I kept coming back and whatnot. So yeah. So I spot the second season, but I got hurt. So yeah, so I ended up going home and get going home, you know what I mean? On crutches. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been to the hospital yet with uh, a shaved head. My mom fucking (laughs) (laughs) fucking little ass Portuguese woman, she fucking lost her shit. (laughs) Lost her shit absolutely lost her shit like i remember like her driving me to the hospital like yelling at me the whole way to the hospital while we're in the hospital like yelling at me the whole time and like her being like i'm tearing your coach a new one on monday i'm like no mom don't is it's just okay now she like just Just, just, mom don't no no she fucking went in there and she went up one side of Jordy wilson and then down the fucking other or the fucking new one she was pissed, like you right. know what I mean. It was one of those things, like yeah, I went with it. Yeah, I got a bad haircut, but it was one of those things. I saw what they did to the dude before me who said no right. one fought right. it. Like literally, they had to pin him down. He got the worst haircut mm-hmm. out of everybody, and they left it. <laughs> it. Didn't everybody else got their hair fixed after the right. game or whatever?
2: Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. It's like kind of it was like you know, it's football brotherhood, rah rah. rah, rah. <laughs> No, no,
2: he he got his left no, know. So it was, you know, it
0: was worse for other, other people no, no that's that's a hilarious story buddy um so obviously football kind of ends for you at that point, but years later you join forces and playing for the the hojo express I can't remember if that was uh the first year of pit football or not but um yeah like what what uh what was it about touch football when did you start playing touch football?
1: I believe it was uh two thousand and going to go 2007, and I started playing on a team called the Gamblers because one of my roommates, uh, one of the dudes he worked with, was on this team, and same thing. It's like, oh, you used to play football? You used to play DB? So, you know, they brought me out for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And then it was weird because, like, I came out for a couple ga- games, and then, like, I came out for the third game, and they are like, oh, we don't need you. So, like, pretty much, like, fucking sat there and watched my roommate get to playing the game, and it was like, oh, okay. So then I didn't come back but then come playoff time is like, Oh, Hey, we need you. Cause nobody else is. And, but that's the thing is like, I, I would, they were having practices. So my buddy would be like, Hey, come to practice. I'm like, why man? They don't need me on their team. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, just come to practice. Like, you know what I mean? We need a couple guys to practice. You know you I mean? Show them that you got a little bit of, you know, dedication or whatever and you know, maybe they'll let you come play. Or right, so I ended up doing that and it ended up, Coming, coming through come playoff time because they're short so I ended up playing under some dude's name that like wasn't there or <laughs> right. him credit illegally and all that shit because like they don't check your fucking ID right. all that bullshit <laughs> yeah so that's uh, so that's what I ended up doing the first season and in that first season I ended up playing against uh, obviously our friend Jason Hucklock Uh, Fuck, I can't even remember what team he's on, but he whooped our ass. (laughs) I remember him just roasting me on a post corner. And just like, I just just remember chasing him. And like, I could not get that two yards he had on me the whole time. Like he was that same two yards, and I could not break that gap. And it was just like, how? Like, you're a fucking gazelle. Like, seriously. Then, <laughs> obviously, the next season, because me and Jason were friends uh, away from football, because he was being a, a friend of mine. That's where I ended up meeting you. Right. One, one of the probably four or five guys that I say changed my football life. Really, Like you. The, definitely the first one because you actually taught me how to be a receiver. It took a long time and a lot of drop passes and a lot of patience. And like, holy, fuck, you, like you're so fucking open. How do you drop that shit? And like, I remember you looking at me and being like, "Fuck you, so and <laughs> no,
0: you know, man. You're so open. You know? I remember actually. You know, now that you bring that up, I do recall those moments. But uh, the moment that I actually remember was we were playing at St. James Office Field against uh, the Trojans, against Eric Rout and all those guys. And we were short. We were short guys. We I think we only had seven or eight guys. So you, because you were playing rush that year, right? You were kind of the full-time rush on defense and you didn't play a whole lot on offense. I remember you were out at the wideout and it's a crucial time in the game. man. like, we're getting towards the end and we're down by like, Minimal points. If we score a touchdown, we're going to win. And I remember we're about midfield, and the scenario is like third and one, third and two. And clearly, like, normally you would look for a short pass in that area, and I had you on a go route, and I just took a chance and threw it, and you caught it and ran it for a touchdown. We won the game. But I remember after the game, Jason was like, oh, my God, man. He's like, you took the biggest chance throwing Tony that ball (laughs) at that time. But that was classic, man. You came through.
1: I'll always remember that game because that was like, like, that Like, I call that one my coming out game because I actually had a couple of nice catches before Mm -hmm. in that game and, like, just short stuff. But I'd always drop the deep pass. Like, always, I'd be so fucking open. Like, I'd burn guys for like 15 yards. Just Tony's so open. Like, hey, hey, (laughs) cross heads. It's
2: like
1: I'm not throwing to you. You're gonna drop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's no. a lot of patience, but uh, it took yeah. me a fucking forever to get hands, but I think they're finally
0: here. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's that's what I would always say about you. Like, obviously, you didn't have the greatest set of hands, but you wanted it so bad. Like, you were as passionate as a touch football player as I was, probably times ten. And I know, I know how serious I take things, and and you know, you were just as serious, and you never missed a game, and you gave it everything you <laughs> everything. had. Right, like so I I always appreciate that about you. We we had a good a good squad there for a number of years. Uh who do you who do you remember from that squad?
1: Probably my most memorable like Hojo squad that I would say is that first fall season where we ended up winning. Yeah. And uh it's me, you, Huck, Peters. Ewan? Ewan was there, I believe we had Hammy too. Yeah, we had Hammy. Rich. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Good that we brought
0: good rich. That's the ringer. We had a number of great ball players there. I always enjoyed that yeah. group of guys. I'm still close with a number of those guys. How about now? Who do you, who do you play for now? You know, you've been playing all this time. I haven't played for well over a decade at this point. You're still rolling and, and playing every year. What's your squad? Who's on your team?
1: Well, right now I'm playing, uh, for the most part, I would just play one team in the summer. I play with uh, the Gotham Knights. It's, it's kind of a variation of uh, a team that I joined right around the same time of, like, because we had crossed over from Hojo to the Villains. Right. And I believe 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, and at the same time, um, because I wanted to start playing receiver like full time, because right. like I knew my spot on Hojo was Russian That's yep. a damn, damn ass good one. Sure. Like like and it was like, it was like it, I came out, I knew my job, I knew my spot, and you know what I mean. And every once in a while, when you know offense fans don't show up, I get my time to shine. Yep, and that was cool. But, You know, I wanted full time receiver and whatnot, so uh, I ended up joining uh, with Arthur, another team that he quarterbacked on the Roughnecks. And yeah, that was kind of. Uh the first version of, of that team is now uh they called the Gotham Knights. We ended up winning I think three championships in a row, three summer nice. championships in a row in the pit. So that was uh that was a lot of fun, a lot of memorable moments there. Playing in winning on uh IG field and scoring a couple couple huge ass touchdowns in I, IG field. Like that's it's pretty memorable stuff right there.
0: And just to kind of touch on that, like like you said before, I remember you you made a post a couple of years ago now about some of the stats you had in Pitt. Like you had a stat almost in every category, and you know yep. you, obviously the years we played together, where you were our rush, you were the most dominant rush yep. in the league by far. You've won championships. You don't. Is there one most like one most memorable moment that you know that you can really recall that that brings you back?
1: It's probably that year where I got injured the football to the face and I had my orbital bone fractured and the double vision.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: would I sit up a week? Yeah. You know, and then I came back like two weeks later with the Dickerson's on my face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's how much I I love the game and like, Uh you know what I mean? How much I like want to be like a member of of, of the squad and whatnot and, but that's probably like my most like championship that meant the most. Yeah. Like, you know, that was pretty serious injury, and is, but I came back a couple of weeks weeks later and we ended up winning another championship, so that was, uh, that was pretty nice, but uh, Gotham Knights is probably, uh, I have two, I scored like, a, my first touch on IG Field is like a 35er, it was a nice 10 yard in and I just broke the tag and took it to the house. But it would probably be our last championship that we won. We had the night game in i g field, and I scored the go ahead touchdown when the game and it was just broke a pass like you know out, out reached it, you know caught it with my fingertips, and like pretty much took it to the house and it was that was probably like the the two like moments from that that were that probably think got the most.
0: Back at it for fourth quarter action with Coach Gies and L Tony Tones. Big things in the CFL. Chris Jones just got hired as the uh, Edmonton Elks head coach. Uh, got a big contract four years. What does that do to the league? How does that impact the league with Chris Jones being in Edmonton?
1: It's definitely going to make the Elks stronger, uh, a stronger team. They're, I don't think they're going to be a last place team mm-hmm. anymore because they're going to be a better coach team. They should be better defensively than they were this year. They have Nick Barbuckle so, and Taylor Cornelius under contract for next year. So, you know, I expect them to kind of contend for the final playoff spot next year with Calgary. But I think it's good for the league. The Alts are a dumpster fire. They need smart management. Who takes over as president? I don't know if that really matters. They definitely need to get their fan base back, which obviously they lost because,
2: uh-huh.
1: you know, a bit of a dumpster fire uh, with the management. And obviously, you know, tons of people still aren't happy about the name change. It's kind of is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really politically correct. And you need to focus a little bit more on politically correctness, not just because it's, you know, old time name tradition, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. like Washington still doesn't have a
2: name
1: right. am I happy about that I think it's kind of whatever but you know works for them so mm-hmm. let them do their thing
0: I think it's good for Lee okay how about uh how about the Bombers I mean our list of free agents is unreal um you know I, I don't know if you can actually answer my question here but who do you think are the most important guys that we need to resign like who is so valuable that we can't even think about letting them go
1: well, I, I think that uh, Zach is probably number one on that list because, like, how can you back-to-back create cups, man? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, you know, he's proven that he's a bona fide starter. Uh, but that's the thing is, like, I have this discussion with my friends. Like, a lot of guys took pay cuts to stick around. Zach mm-hmm. was one of them. Yeah. Like, MOP, he's going to want MOP pay, mm-hmm. which is, let's be realistic, $500,000. Mm-hmm. dollars you know what I mean? In that range, probably a little bit more. Like unless he's being realistic, that quarterbacks are making that post-COVID now, because I believe I and okay. Riley both had to restructure their contracts. Yeah. So he's probably number one defensively. Lily Jefferson, huge,
2: yeah,
1: huge. That, uh, but he is one of those things like. There's a few guys, and I'm not worried. I don't think they're going anywhere. Like, Big Hill took a dramatic cut, mm-hmm. but I think he's at the point in his career where he doesn't he doesn't need the money. He's a financial advisor. Like, he's been playing for X amount of years. Like, he's playing at this point for the love of the game, mm-hmm. and he's on a team that he loves, so he's going to do his part. He, obviously, he's going to want a little bit more than 86K, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think he's going to be realistic and be like, well, you know, about a fifteen thousand dollar raise this year right like and then obviously up the wazoos with you know bonuses and stuff like that so um you know he's he, he's a huge key um I obviously I believe lawler might get another crack at the NFL it's questionable because he is 27 so that is a little bit on the late late side for a receiver right. and is he really going to want to jeopardize you know Three quarters of a season here to come back in like you know October because he he's been cut like you know a second time which Mm -hmm. I don't think you deserve to be like I think he deserves to be on a NFL roster he's a high caliber receiver and he proved that this year after you know he went through a few of the fumbles proved that you know that he's a dedicated yeah, to the there's a lot of guys that have bought into the system so there's a lot of guys that are gonna i think are gonna want a respectable race but they want to be back mm-hmm. like there's a few guys that are obviously going to get a few nfl looks like alfred i believe is one of them nichols is possibly another um and, and Lawler, i believe is third other than that Everybody else wants to be here. Harris isn't going anywhere. Oliver isn't going anywhere. Augustine might get a look, for, but I think he's smart enough that he like there's you know there's a possibility of a two back system once Andrew retires and mm-hmm. you know and even with you know this year like how much more does Andrew have to prove? Hands down, top two greatest Canadian, one of the best running backs ever in the game. Yep back to back great cups. I understand that you, you know didn't really have the season production-wise, and you got hurt this year and stuff like that. But you know, is it maybe time to be like, you know what? Maybe it's time to look into to coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe moving on to the the coaching staff with the Barbers, I'm not saying that he can't play another season, right? But you know, after you know a little bit of a down season, maybe it's best to go out on top.
0: It's it's hard for players when they're you know getting towards the end of the career, but they're still on top of the game, because yeah, how, how do you know when to pull the shoot right? Because it's like okay, well, yeah. we're still winning, things that, are going well, but yeah, because
1: that's the thing is like uh, he had a great game against Saskatchewan, but you know he, he didn't have a great game against Hamilton mm-hmm. and uh, the Great Cup, you know, but Hamilton was dinged as hell on second down. It was right. ridiculous. Like yeah. they would give you those five on first, but. You were getting nothing on second, and that was the mo of the entire
0: Grey Cup. Going back to the roster, man. Like I think, I'm thinking back in CFL history, and, and we're kind of racking my brain, and I can't recall any team three peating in the last 30 or so years. I'm thinking that, and I don't know if this is correct, but I, I know that Warren Moon won multiple Grey Cups in a row for for the uh, Eskimos back in the day.
1: I believe Edmonton was five in a row. I was actually looking yeah. at that. Today Edmonton is five in a row in the eighty. In the 80s, uh, right. So, so what do the, the
0: Bombers need to do to three-peat, in your opinion? How, how do we accomplish a three-peat?
1: It's signing key guys that were, like, like obviously Big Hill, um, Jefferson, uh, Jeff Coat, mm-hmm. um, Alexander, and... Um, Winston Rose again, Uh, but I believe probably he might be one of the few guys still under contract, don't quote me on that, Mm -hmm. but just because he came in so late in the season. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, the offensive, they need to keep holding on to Bryant and uh, Hardrick, but those are two guys that aren't going anywhere. They're like... it. It's one of those things I believe. Oh, she said about Darwin Adams. They'll be blue bombers as long as they want to be blue bombers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll keep on signing your contracts. They'll, you know, do what they have to do to make it work for the team. And like that, like so many guys have bought into the system. Right. So many guys want to be back. That, like I said, as long as you get the respectable raise, mm-hmm. they'll. And you know, obviously, some guys are going to want some NFL opportunities and stuff like that. But I don't think anybody wants to leave to go be a starter somewhere else. No, like, I, I believe that. And like I said, like, Darwin might possibly be, like, same thing. Like, you know, two great cups, two two down production seasons. And maybe it might be, you know, maybe, he, you know, he might be another guy that's, you know what I mean? Thanks, Winnipeg. I love you guys. But, mm-hmm. You know, uh, to, to move on, who knows? Like, you know, Lucky Whitehead wants to come back. Like, right. so, like there's a lot of guys that want to be in Winnipeg. So Absolutely. it's uh, it'll be interesting to see where the dollars and cents fall.
0: Yeah, I mean, Coach O'Shea's created such a good program. Him, him, and Wade Miller, and the the atmosphere they have, the players they have, the the way that a lot of the players are are really good uh, in terms of, you know, being in the community. I see that you know, coaching and and just noticing how many guys are out there helping out and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, aw- awesome work they've done. Um, you know, switching gears a little bit here, Tony. Obviously, CFL season's over. Do you have any interest in the NFL and what's going on there? You've been watching it all. Any predictions for the remainder of the year?
1: Well, I was all about Arizona because I was waiting for Stravler to get a package, yeah. and then they decided to uh, release him when Kyler Murray got hurt. Hurt, and I was like, what? After he finally got some, like you know, some actual decent playing time, right. and it's like, what? Okay. So uh, you know, I've still been following them this season. Yeah, like I don't want to admit it, but I'm hopping on. Ta- I've been hopping on with Tampa Bay just because, like, <laughs> I am the biggest Tom Brady fan ever since he left New England. Yeah, like he got the, the like his personality came out tenfold as mm-hmm. soon as he left that that system, that city, and like. How could you not want that dude to keep on winning Super Bowls and play until he's fifty? He's such a great guy. He's like you know, he's obviously a little bit of a dick on the field, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, off off the field, like you know what I mean? He's you know, seems like like I'd love to have a beer with that dude
0: for sure. The funny part about Tom Brady for me is like I've had such a, a up and down relationship you know uh early on in his, early on in his career i i liked him because he was super humble the defense won a lot of their games they had a great kicker that won super bowls for them like not that he wasn't a great player but he was you know more of a more of a role player right he wasn't necessarily like a high he's, high-end qb
1: like i probably say he's the probably the best fourth down quarterback
0: in the game ever yeah He's, he's unreal ridiculous. but he's uh, I'll say man when he got Randy Moss and all those guys then he kind of got arrogant a little bit and for a number of years there I could not stand him and to be honest it was just because they kept winning and my Steelers kept losing to them and it was frustrating every year so I mean oh, I yeah. hated I hated him for being good but he just drove me nuts and they were they just never lost but and I mean,
1: now you can't hate him because he's well, good
0: and that's just it like now that he's not with the Patriots like, anymore. And he like goes to Tampa. You, like,
1: you can't. You hit the, the, the greatest quarterback in the game. You're you getting to watch the yeah. greatest quarterback in the, the game sit there and sling the fucking football. I know.
0: Yeah. And, and, and like you said, the respect, like now, again, like I'm just like, I can't hate on this guy. He's so good. He just wins. Like, what am I hating on him for? Right. Like, so, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I you know, I'm a Steelers fan, but I, I like to see Tom Brady, uh, Doing well, and you know it'd be really neat if uh, if the Bucks met the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now that would be interesting, but I don't know if the Pats are that good. Um, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and Brady will keep playing, so yeah, we might get, we might get to see that. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Last question of the day. I like to you know end this with everybody. Who is your favorite quarterback of all time, and why?
1: Jesus. Um. CFL, I'm probably gonna go with Kahari. Ooh, okay. like, he, he was like right in the that middle of the like latching me in my mid, like latching me in Bomber games in my mid twenties. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, like probably one of the best. Him and Steel to never win a great Cup. You know, back in the day, I'd probably say him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like but that, but that's just being partial to the Bombers. Like, right, huge. Huge Doug Flutie fan back in the day. Huge Doug Flutie fan back yeah. in the day, but you know what I mean. I gotta I gotta be partial, to my well, bomber. So I gotta say Kahari absolutely. And then cur- currently it's Zach. Like, and but it's it's been Zach for like when he was in just in Toronto, mm-hmm. Hamilton. You know, I had to hate him because he's in Saskatchewan. Right. Or whatever. Just, that's the rules. But you know what I mean. Like, just wish nothing for the best. The guy, his entire career, is because he's had so many problems, but he's such a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he's had so he's like the injury bugs has been him for years. And like, that's all this year. I would not mention anything about him getting hurt or like say injury or anything like Zach Claros injury never said the same sentence ever for me because I was like, I, I really can't beat, I can't jinx him. I yeah. can't jinx him because I feel like I jinxed you really back in the day. Cause like you're all hot Willie Peg and I got a Willie Peg jersey and he yeah. got hurt that game. Right. And just like oh, I ruined the bumper's <laughs> man. Sorry. Sorry, bro. And Just like, yeah.
0: Like, no. Nah. You know what? Kahari's a great choice back in that time, right? We were we were pretty young guys at that point. I remember when I was playing for the Rifles. He would uh he would come to some of our workouts in the winter time and throw with us and, and that was pretty cool and he was just a nice guy so you know great great choice and he obviously he's a good he's a good football coach now so pretty cool but uh, I want Tony unfortunately we're at the end here I want to thank you for being on and you know talking about your love for the bombers and your background in the game been an awesome time to reconnect with you I hope you had a good time it was blast awesome man. All right, buddy, you, uh, you take care of yourself. And I want to thank the audience, all who's listening and tuning in every week. You got more great guests coming your way. So stay tuned and have a great night. Thank you.